Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. I'm going to read a scripture from Hebrews chapter 2. We're doing a series called Through the Cross. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. Jesus became one of us. With all the trials and temptations and weaknesses that we have, he had. He took the same as us. Then it goes on to say that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And we're emphasizing that word through. We go to the cross at Easter time and we look and we remember Jesus hanging on the cross. But we're saying he's not on the cross anymore. Let's keep going through. Let's look at what he's done, but let's keep going through the cross to the life and the resurrection and the fullness and the power that's on the other side. And it says that through death, through the cross, he destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And we're going to look at that today at how Jesus did that. But it goes on in verse 15 to say, and he released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And this is what I want to talk about today. And it's a wonderful message that we don't need to be subject to bondage. Have you ever been captive, held captive? For some reason, recently, there has become a craze called escape rooms, where people love to be locked into a room and the challenges for them to try to escape. Has anyone done it? Is it fun? I don't know if it's fun. I find it strange that people want to be locked up, but it's the challenge of trying to get out. But could you imagine being in captivity? Maybe some of us have been in captivity, held captive. There are a couple of times. I've never been completely held captive, but there are a couple of times in my life I can remember being in a situation where I thought, oh, I can't really escape from here. And that feeling of, of powerlessness and weakness and today we're looking at how Jesus went through the cross. He became a captive, not because he had to. He chose to allow himself to become the ultimate captive, powerless, captive to the devil and to people, to all the powers of darkness in this world. He became a captive, but then he went through it to absolute freedom and liberty and the amazing news today is that this verse says that Jesus did that to release us who, through fear of death, were all of our lifetime subject to bondage. You know, there are people, and I'm going to mention three types of bondage today. There are people who are subject to bondage in their minds. Fear of death, it says. He says that there are some people who throughout their whole lifetime were scared of dying. They had a fear and it influenced every decision they made and everything they did. They were afraid of dying and death and they lived in this bondage. It was like they weren't free to rejoice and, and enjoy life and make decisions and do things. They were in bondage because they feared death. So that's the one type of bondage, is a mental bondage. It could be fear, it could be guilt, 
It could be um, just a wrong way of thinking where you can't get out of a, a wrong way of thinking about yourself and other people, and, and it constricts you. It's like you've got chains and, and bands around you. You're in bondage through fear or through a mental issue that you can't think right or feel right. The second type of bondage is physical bondage. Some people are slaves. Some people are held captive. Some people are in prison. Some people have physical disabilities and they are captive to a physical issue that stops them from being free to do what they want to do. And then the third one is not a physical one. It's not a mental or emotional one. It's a spiritual bondage where the devil has got what the Bible calls in Ephesians for a foothold, and he's got a, a right to pull them in whatever direction he wants, and they are held captive. And I want to say to you today that Jesus went through captivity and came out the other side to freedom and liberty, and we must go through the cross with him, and he wants you free. Amen? So let's look at the progression. I'm just going to choose a few verses. Luke 22, verse 54. It says, Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. So this is talking about on the Thursday night of that Easter weekend when Jesus was crucified, he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane where he was praying. The, the soldiers arrested him. They took hold of him. People physically prevented him from doing what he wanted to do. They grabbed him. They probably chained him or tied him. And they took him to a place. And he was in physical captivity in, in, a, in a trial situation. And we know that it went on. And there were several of these mock trials. There were actually six trials that Jesus went through between Thursday night and Friday nine o'clock when he was crucified. It's amazing how many trials he went through. And all of them, they found him innocent, but then they condemned him to die anyway. But that's beside the point. The main thing was he was in degrees of captivity. It started when those first soldiers came and grabbed him. And then it just got worse. He was taken into a big barracks. Many soldiers grabbed him. Uh, they put thorns on his head and they punched him, but he was in captivity. He wasn't free to choose for himself. He wasn't free to go where he wanted. He wasn't free to make his own decisions. Next is John chapter 19, verse 1. It says, So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. Now this is a new level of captivity because the scourging that the Romans did involved them tying the prisoner to a whipping post. So his hands and his feet would have been tied and he was stretched out over a whipping post and he couldn't move. He was tied motionless while the Roman soldier laid a whip which had several tails or, or pieces of leather. And then inside the leather, they would put bone and metal mostly lead, and they would whip and then rip. So it was this, this whip that had several uh, pieces going into the body, gripping on the flesh, and then ripping off. 
and he was scourged much more than 40 times. The Jews had a limit of 40 lashes. They couldn't go beyond, but the Romans had no such limits. So Jesus could have been lashed many, many more times, usually to the point of death, but he was completely captive to pain, to other people's will. I, I, in my heart, I feel the pain of people who are captive. Very few of us are physically held captive. Some are physically. But most of us, there, there is that emotional pain, and that can be worse than the physical captivity, where you feel, I, I have no choice. I can't stop this thing. I can't make my own decisions. I'm, I'm chained and being whipped every day by something in my life, my, my past, a fear of the future, other people, whatever it is. There is hope. There is hope. John 19, verse 16. Then he delivered him to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, led him away, and he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. And that word crucified, we know from history, it's well documented that that meant they put nails through his hands and his feet. They nailed him to a big wooden beam. Laid, it was laid on the ground. They would nail the nails in so that he couldn't move. Imagine that level of captivity. It's not just being in a prison cell. You are so captive that you can't even move your arms and your legs. And then they would lift this big wooden beam, and there was a hole dug in the ground for that beam to go into so that it would stay upright. So he's already been nailed to it. They lift it up, and then what do they do? They drop it, bang, into that hole. And as they drop it, his whole body just gets pulled up against the nails, especially in his hands, but also his feet. And it constricts the ability to breathe uh, and just to live. Normally, you, you are completely helpless. And there are people mocking you, some spitting at you. There are people uh, dividing his clothes and, and playing games to say who will get his possessions. That is captivity. And then eventually, he dies and he's put into a cave, which is more like a prison cell. It's a cave that's really just a hole in the side of a rock. There is no external doors or no way out. It's just a hole. And then the one entrance is sealed with a big rock. They roll a big rock over the entrance. The Roman soldiers put a seal, their, their Roman seal, on the rock to make sure no one can get in. And then they post a guard of soldiers outside. How much more captive can you be? And he's dead. Now, the Bible tells us that in that time, 1 Peter 3 verse 19 says, Also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. So Jesus is himself in captivity to death, which is the ultimate captivity, but he goes to hell, the spirits in prison. And it's talking about the people before Noah's flood who hadn't understood the gospel 
in advance. After Noah's flood, because of the sacrifice system, everyone knew there is a Messiah coming and they could put faith forward in the Messiah. But before Noah's flood, the peop- there was vagueness. Maybe they didn't know. So Jesus went to the spirits who were in captivity in Hades and he preached to them about the Messiah he, he was captive, but he went to the others who were captive. And then Revelation 1 tells us that he left there when he rose again, and he took with him the keys of death and Hades as he left hell. So we see this downward progression. He's, he's free in the Last Supper with his disciples, then he's more and more captive until death and hell. And then something happens. The Spirit of God breathes into him. And I want to tell you a foretaste of what we're going to be talking about in weeks to come. When the Spirit of God comes, there is liberty. That is what He brings. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord came into Jesus' body, and He is instantly empowered Spiritually, he's empowered to take the keys of death and Hades from the devil. The devil doesn't control that anymore. Jesus does. He has it. He takes the prisoners out of Hades who believe in him. And that's why many graves broke open when Jesus was crucified. And it says people started walking around because something significant was happening. He was was setting captivity free. And then he wakes up. Now he's wrapped in bandages. So he takes those those restrictions off him. Then he gets up and there's this big stone in front of the cave. Boom, the power of God comes and moves the stone out of the way. The soldiers run away and Jesus walks out. Let me read you just a couple of the scriptures. John 20 verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And she runs back to the disciples. They, Peter and John run there. They look in the tomb. There's angels there and they can't quite know what's going on. And then Mary Magdalene goes back and she stays at the tomb. And in verse 17, it says, uh, she saw this man. She thought he was a gardener. She didn't recognize Jesus. She says, where, where have you taken the body? And in verse 17, it says, Jesus said to her, Actually, verse 16, it says, Jesus said to her, Mary. He just said her name. And she said, Rabboni, teacher. And she wanted to worship him. And in verse 17, he says, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And we know that Jesus rose, not just on earth, but through the heavens. In fact, let me read to you where he is now. Ephesians 1, verse 20. Just before this, he's been saying to the Christians, the power in you is the same as the power in Christ. And in verse 20, he says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus rose to the place where he was completely free and he had authority over everything. Do you remember the Great Commission? He comes to his disciples. He says, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has now been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Mark 16, he says, as you go, these signs will follow those who believe. They will heal the sick. They will cast out demons. They will speak in other tongues. There's power and authority, but also liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, I just need to make a couple of points. Number one is, Jesus showed us what heaven, the liberty of heaven is going to be like. When he was here on earth, he set people free. He brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. He showed us what the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he went up and he reigns in heaven and he's put that same spirit within us, but we still live in this in-between world where we're living in the physical world of Decay and bondage, Romans 8 says. The world is still in bondage to decay. We still live in this world, but inside of us is that heavenly power that sets people free. And so there's this strange in-between tension going on for us as Christians. We have his power. We have his liberty in our spirits on the inside of us. When we're in times of worship, like we are today, we can just feel the liberty and the power of God. But then we walk out and we have to deal with a world where the government are saying uh, social distancing, self-isolation, be careful, wash everything, be careful. Does that mean we ignore the world? No, we're living in both worlds for a while. And so there are times where we have great victory and the power of his spirit overcomes the physical world. But there are other times, even the great heroes in the Bible, where, where they had the power of God, but Paul writes to Timothy and he says, take a bit of this wine because you have frequent stomach problems. Does that mean that Timothy wasn't saved? No, he was saved. He had the power of God in him. But we're in this tension where sometimes things happen that we can't quite understand. Does that mean we give up and we say, oh, well, the Lord must want me sick? No, we fight the sickness. We pray against it. We believe against it. But we don't lose heart when we realize there's this battle. And sometimes it seems like we're winning. Sometimes we're losing. But we keep on fighting. There are several people in the Bible. He says, Trophimus, I left sick. Um, there, there, there are these different people that he, that he speaks about in the Bible. And, and they were believers. They were full of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes the battle goes one way and sometimes the other because we're living in this in-between world. So let me sum this up. How do we get free? How do we get free? The first step is a spiritual freedom. A spiritual freedom. Colossians chapter 2 speaks of the spiritual freedom. And I'm trusting and believing that all of us here listening to me today will find this. Colossians 2. He says, I'm going to read a few verses before. He says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which also you were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. It's saying we went through the cross, through the resurrection with him, and baptism is a picture of that. And you being dead in your trespasses 
and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The first thing is to say, I'm in Christ. I'm in you, Jesus. When you went through that captivity and that resurrection to freedom and power, I'm in you and your spirit, the Bible says, when you believe that, when you say, Jesus, I'm in you, your spirit gets made new and full of life, full of power, full of liberty, full of freedom. Your spirit. You've got to get that done first. There's no point trying to get free physically if you're not free spiritually. The second way we get free is our soul. So you've got a spirit in the middle of you which is made free by believing in what Jesus did for you on the cross. The second part is your soul, which is your thoughts, your decisions, and your feelings. And we've got to keep renewing our minds. It's being saved over time. And so Jesus said in John 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. What was he talking about there? He was talking about my mind and my emotions are affected by wrong things that I've thought and believed and wrong habits that I've had and lies that I've taken on board. My thoughts are wrong and so my feelings and my decisions are wrong and I've got to renew and be set free by the truth of God. So I've got the spirit within me, this power that can raise Christ from the dead. But if my soul, if my thinking is still unsaved, then all of that power doesn't affect me because it can't get out into my emotions and, and my feelings and my thoughts. I've got to renew my mind. I've got to let the truth come in. I've got to listen to God's word. I've got to act on it. When he tells me to do something, I've got to say, yes, Lord. I'm going to repent or turn away from that wrong thinking. And I'm going to go with this new thinking. I'm going to change the way that I feel and act based on your word. I've got to allow his truth to come in. And in that emotional, soulish realm, there's also fear. I've got to say, I'm not allowing a spirit of fear to come in. There's also demonic activity. We sometimes think that demons attack our spirits, but if you're a Christian, your spirit is saved, but they come to you with lies in your mind and your emotions. Those fiery darts that Ephesians 6 talks about, it says, put up the shield of faith so that the fiery darts of the enemy can't get you. Those are lies and wrong emotions that the devil throws at you. We've got to stand up against those. Guilt from the past is also in the soulish realm where you're just a bond in bondage to something that you've done or something someone's done to you. Maybe bitterness where you're angry or hurtful about something that somebody else has done. Those are all in that soulish realm and we've got to be free by renewing our minds. And it's something we participate in. We take part in renewing our minds. We take part in allowing God to come in and change my feelings, my thoughts, my actions. And then the last bondage that we need to be free from is physical bondage, where I am a slave, I'm captive, or I'm in some kind of physical disability or inability. There's a physical restriction on me and I'm not free. And I want to say to you that the Bible talks about this third one, physical freedom, as the least important of the three. 
You know, slavery. Let me just talk for two minutes about slavery. Many critics of Christianity have said the Bible tells you to be to have slaves. Have you ever heard somebody say that criticism? The Bible says you must have slaves, and it doesn't. The Bible says if you are a slave, let me just read you 1 Corinthians 7. Let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, rather use it. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Isn't that clear? It says slavery is not a good thing. If you can be free, get free. Don't have slaves. The Bible never says slavery is a good thing. 1 Timothy 1 verse 10 lists a whole lot of sins, perjury, um, practicing homosexuality, and a whole lot of other sins, and one of them is slave trading. The Bible says slavery is bad, but he says if you are a slave, it's more important that your spirit is free, then your mind and your emotions are free, and then if you can be free from slavery, get free from that as well. But it's the least important of the three freedoms. But I want to say to you that if your spirit is free, and then you start renewing your mind and your emotions, you'll be amazed at the physical freedom, the changes that happen in your body. Sicknesses can be changed. I've seen extraordinary healings happen. I've seen people set free from physical restrictions like you wouldn't believe. Poverty is a physical restriction. And I want to say to you that you can be free, but let's get the priority right. Amen? Be saved. Get your spirit saved and free. Get your mind and emotions free. And then the rest can follow. So we're going to pray a prayer today for freedom. Is that okay? I'm going to ask you to tie your heart with me around these words. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we see you dying on the cross in absolute captivity. We see you being buried in a tomb in captivity and going into the prison of hell and then taking the keys and being set free. Lord Jesus, we put ourselves inside you as you go through the cross. Jesus, I say you were dying for me. Jesus, I say I died and rose again with you. And Jesus, I say thank you for this free gift of the power of your spirit that fills me right now. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that 1 John 4 says, my spirit is now as Christ is. Thank you that 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, that my, my spirit is sealed with your Holy Spirit, that it is pure and perfect forever. God, now I choose to walk into freedom in my thinking. God, I choose to let go of those lies and those wrong ideas and those wrong habits and those sinful habits that my mind has allowed me to become used to. God, I choose to be set free. I choose to renew my mind. I choose to receive your truth and your power 
and to turn away from sin and to allow the power of your spirit to set me free in my thinking and in my emotions. And now, God, I also choose to walk physically out of situations of bondage. Lord, I choose to walk out of situations where people are trying to control me. Lord, I choose to walk out of situations where I am sinning and I shouldn't be there. God, I choose to walk out of relationships that are not honoring to you. God, I choose to walk out of sickness. And sickness now, in Jesus' name, I take authority and I tell you to leave my body. Let's just release healing right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us get the order right, that it's spiritual, then soul, and then physical. And thank you, God, that we now, by your power, by your blood, by your authority, we walk through the cross into freedom. Let's just release healing. Let's just release healing. Lord, the world is so in need of healing right now. Lord, the world is in panic and fear. Help us to shine this freedom that we have. Help us to show them we're not in bondage to fear of death. If I live, it's for Christ. If I die, it is gain. Sickness doesn't have hold of me, but even if I do die, I'm going to be in glory. God, I thank you that I have no fear of death. And I thank you, God, that actually I am a lighthouse that shines your life and your light to those around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.